Dad's Right, Season 2, Episode 8. I really have nothing to say at the beginning of this one, Dill. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't just wake up, and it's definitely Sunday when we normally record this. Sunday nights, not Monday morning. Good times, bad times. I'll start off. I, I got to say, my, my good time is a little bit odd, but I I was going to... I didn't watch the debate live, and then I thought, I'll just watch it before we do the podcast so we can talk about it. And then I made it... I said, you know what? I am not going to watch it because I saw some clips and, and highlights, and they just said the same things they've been saying since since the campaign started and, and yeah. Trump for the last four years. So, and I just thought... If you haven't decided by now, what's the point? Like, I can't believe this debate changed anyone's mind about anything. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious who Trump is and who Biden is. I mean, he's. I don't think he's any great shakes either, but I don't think he's. He's definitely better than the than the alternative. <laughs> and I just thought I'm not going to waste an hour and a half or two hours of my life for however long it was. I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it either, and I, I don't feel like I missed out. Yeah, I think you're right. I saw Kate Rubens, uh, who's at the International Space Station, cast her ballot, and I just thought, you know, Trump doesn't like mail-in voting. <laughs> How's she managing to get that in? <laughs> That's gonna be. It's also like you know, it's gonna be quite the trip. I maybe would have would have uh, sent it a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. Is she just dropping it? And is there any worry about burn up on reentry or <laughs> it's been the special elections envelope that allows it to survive reentry. Oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> and there is a vaccine from Oxford that when tested it seems to show that it prompts an immune response from older people and young adults, from older adults and young adults. So it's a good sign from uh our friends over there across the pond. They got something on the way hopefully hopefully it tests to be safe and effective and we can get this thing under control sooner rather than later yeah that would be nice that would be very nice do you have anything for good times or should we just move on now we can just move on all right well ontario reported over a thousand new cases on sunday so that wasn't great yeah, it's the, not a good sign. Yeah, I think they crossed the thousand mark two or three days this week, which is uh, the most they'd seen since it started. So this second wave is starting to look maybe bigger than the first wave. Hopefully we get it under control faster. But Which is what they've been saying the whole time. Yeah, it's the way it typically works. But it's I think it's human. It's not that the virus got any work. I think it's just the way they just know that people aren't going to be as vigilant about taking all the precautions that are necessary as time marches on right yeah yeah absolutely people get sick of it and then they're less smart about it yeah the u.s records over eighty-three thousand cases for two days in a row so that's not great either oh they're just doing so bad i'm glad they decided to close the border for another month we were talking about that i might have that later on but anyway if we if i don't we just get it in there sneak it in there <laughs> And in uh, in our region, Halton Hill, well, actually, the region of Halton had 31 new cases on Sunday and one death. Uh, and there's rumors that Halton will be going back to stage two. 
That's probably a good idea. Been in stage three for a while now, and it's interesting. Mom was listening to the radio this afternoon or this morning, and phoned me and said, "You know, she's the guy. It was an expert, not a politician, but like an infection expert on the radio." And he says he likens it to to Jaws. You know, the politicians were the ones that wanted to keep the beach open in Jaws, but the people who knew what was going on in the water are saying, "No, you got to shut the beaches." And then they they kept the you know it's it's not a very good movie if the if they shut the beaches down because nobody gets eaten. Yeah. So it's probably good. It's it's probably better if this becomes a boring movie. Just I, I would very much like something in the past four years to become boring. <laughs> and Ontario and the U.S. both have their highest seven day rolling averages, so we have that in common. So that's that's kind of nice. Now I I do think the seven day rolling average is a little misleading because we had we had some really high days in the beginning but you know on the the monday count was less than the sunday count because we are we are technically filming this monday morning filming we're recording this monday morning dylan was filming all weekend that's why i have filming in my head but you know so so monday's better than sunday it it came down by over 200 cases but the seven day rolling average will go up because you dropped off a low number before there so it's, it is a number that's important, but you just have to be a bit careful. Like, it, it doesn't necessarily mean... We'll see where tomorrow is. Hopefully, we trend down again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you have any bad times? Nothing? No, not today. My Mine are all reserved in, like, the last two segments. All right. Okie doke. There's a kind. Moving to all over the world. In, in one of the most obvious statements that has been made, they reported that Iran and Russia have taken specific actions to influence public opinion relating to the U.S. election. Is anyone wow. surprised by that? <laughs> Shock and horror. No, I don't think anyone's surprised by that at yeah. all. Yeah. And the other thing is, well, it, you know, just like last time, it, Trump just denies, right? Just denies. It's incredible. Yeah. But anyway, why would you trust your own security people and fbi and cia and things like that why would you trust them odds are putin's telling the truth yeah really i mean everyone's just gonna believe what they want to believe yeah which is weird right it's it's when did that happen when did people start believing what they wanted to believe rather than the facts i don't know it's ridiculous though especially when it comes to like your intelligence officials like well, maybe there was just too much misleading, like the weapons of mass destruction. Maybe there was too much of that in the past, so people tend to question and doubt. And they should question, especially things that lead you down a path towards war. Mm-hmm. And and I do think, you know, it is it is good to question, but when there's so much overwhelming evidence, and it's not just intel... I mean, you know, everybody, everybody's saying it. It's, and it's, I don't know, yeah. moving on anyway. <laughs> the Pope had a good week. First of all, he said homosexuals should be covered by civil union laws, which is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The, Progress. He also named Archbishop Wilton Gregory to become the first black U.S. cardinal, which I found shocking. How many U.S. cardinals have there been? Do you have any idea? Probably lots. Yeah. And it's 2020 before you get the first black one? Yeah, it's ridiculous, but the Catholic Church is not exactly known for being very ahead of its time or anything like that. Yeah, but in certain... that's true. But obviously they they must have black cardinals. There's The Catholic Church is all over the world. 
right? So there there be black cardinals in in populations that are m- mostly black people. So why yeah. did it take so long in the states? That's what that's what I don't understand. It's not like they had no black cardinals worldwide. So what happened in the U.S.? Just weird to me. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I don't know. It it almost seems like it's on purpose. <laughs> almost. Uh, so do you read uh, New Yorker magazine? Sometimes when it lets me do it for free. Yes. Well, you probably won't be reading many of Jeffrey Tubin's articles. Oh no. He uh, did you? You heard about this? I'm assuming. I did. Suspended. Probably going to be fired. I don't know if he actually has been fired yet masturbating on a zoom meeting the best line i heard about this was seth myers he said he said jeffrey what what are you doing you're working from home the hard part is filling your day why do you have to multitask (laughs) that is good that is good and not the first you know not the first person this week to uh no actually yes the first person this week but not the only person this week to be caught in such a compromising position who was that who was the who else Rudy Giuliani. Oh, well, yeah, not quite the same thing. Just, you know, just the same thing as in its hand down his pants. Yeah, I I mean, I did I did see that bit of Borat, and he technically could have been tucking his shirt in. It kind of looked like he was, if you watch it. It's bizarre, but he's a bizarre old guy. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Is that, is that, I haven't heard really Rudy Giuliani's defense. Is that what he's saying? That's he's his defense. His he was tucking his shirt in. And then... Trump jumped to his defense saying, I've done that lots myself. And I, I, I'm not like that, like lie down to tuck your shirt in. It's, I guess it's an old man move. I don't know. Huh. I've never done it, but it's probably not that. But I, from what the clip that I saw, it like cuts away before anything else happens. Uh, so you just, I mean, you're, you're left to assume that, you know, that he was going, going in for, for more than a tuck. But you, I, I don't know. Without, you just don't know. You don't know what the guy, well, you kind of do know. It, it looks like it. It looks like it's worse than what he says it is. It, it 99% is. But there's a 1% chance he's just a weird old guy that was actually tucking his shirt in. That's true. But he's also a weird old guy who would, you know, go in for a wank. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Oh, 99%. But there's just that 1% of doubt that maybe, <laughs> it, was a, maybe it was just a weird way to tuck your shirt in. Because it does kind of look like he's tucking his shirt in when you watch the video. I haven't seen the video. I just read the articles. And Spain declared a state of emergency due to COVID, back to COVID. So, <laughs> a little late to the game, Spain. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's their second wave of COVID that they've declared the emergency for. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they're ahead of the game then. You, you said you're saving your stuff for later, right? You got nothing for all over the world? No, I, I didn't see much international news this past week that you didn't already have on there. All right. Well, you know what? This is good. We're making our way in good time, and maybe this one will be less than two hours long. Hopefully. <laughs> all right, TNT. And uh, you want to you wanna start since I've been doing most of the talking so far? Or I can start off with our good boy Trudeau. Well, I didn't... Um, I don't have anything in my column that is specifically related to Trudeau. That's fine. But uh, he's got his big he's got his big news this week, and, and you'll you'll cover that today. And uh, I almost I almost I didn't I don't really have time to, but I almost wish we did this later today so we could talk about the results in some of this because we have a by election in Toronto Centre and in York Centre, and also a Saskatchewan provincial election. And the Saskatchewan provincial election is going to be very boring. 
because the conservative Saskatchewan party is easily going to win a fourth term, maybe a third term, but I think a fourth term. It's looking like they might lose two seats, but they'll still get an easy majority. Seems like anybody who runs in a place where COVID hasn't completely taken over wins. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand maybe not wanting to change governments in the middle of a pandemic. You want the stability. But, I mean, I personally change almost every government because I think there are governments, you know, parties who can handle it better. But I understand the urge to just... Stay the course. Keep it chill. Yeah, exactly. But also, I mean, Saskatchewan, it's a conservative province. They haven't had a NDP premier since the early 2000s. The Saskatchewan party actually first got in in, I think, 2003, and it was a, a new party, and they haven't been out since. They've been in government ever since. I think, you know, unless they see some sort of surge in popularity, to me it looks like they're very slowly on their way out because they're going to lose a few seats, and they lost a few seats in the last election, but they're still going to get an easy majority. Overall boring election, very Saskatchewan. Mm. But in the York Centre election... Also boring. Nothing exciting going on there. The Liberals will win it. Whatever. Who Toronto's, who resigned in York Center? Do you know? Was it anybody uh, major? Or? I believe his name was Michael Levitt, and he was just like uh, uh, as far as backbenchers go, he was a bigger deal. But I don't think he ever was a, a towering figure or anything like that. Okay. Whereas Toronto yeah. Center, it was. Bill, Mon- Bill Moreau, yeah? The, yes, the left? Bill Moreau, the, yeah, the former finance minister. Yeah. Okay, so Michael Levitt um, resigned to become president and CEO of the Canadian Friends of Simon Wissenthal Center for Holocaust Studies. Okay. So, you know, good for him. But Bill Moreau resigned from Toronto Center. Toronto Center is considered the liberal stronghold they i think bill morneau got 57 percent of the vote in 2019 it is also one of the worst ridings in the country when it comes to the opioids crisis it is one of the central ridings in ontario when it comes to covid19 it is one of the worst ridings in the country when it comes to homelessness and running in that riding is annamie paul the new leader of the green party she herself has acknowledged that she'll need a political miracle to win the riding but said that she wouldn't be the kind of leader that she wants to be if she didn't take the opportunity to try to get into the House of Commons, to try to represent the writing she grew up in, and, you know, essentially just run in as many writings as possible so that you can get in and represent your party. Yeah. Which is what I was saying Jagmeet Singh should do the whole time. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Uh, and I admire her for doing it, even though, you know, she acknowledges that she'll need a political miracle. Who is running for the Liberals this time, do you know? A woman who, I I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I think she used to be a broadcaster for CTV. Oh, okay. And then I believe the NDP candidate is a man named Brian Chang. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, the NDPs really should pull out of there. Yeah, I agree. We've talked about this. Yeah. uh, I I thought they would. I thought they'd see the light and pull out before the end, but obviously they did not. Yeah, obviously not. But anyway, I think it'll be interesting. And you and I were talking about this a little bit. Annie Paul ran in that riding in 2019 as well. So she has kind of like a groundwork laid out for name recognition. She's also, you know, been thrust into the national spotlight and has, you know, maybe not been the top story every week since her election, but I think has been at least a story every week since her election. So she's maybe got a little bit more name recognition now. She's got, you know, I'm sure 
in 2019, they didn't exactly invest a whole bunch of money in this riding because they knew there was no chance they could flip it. But now, you know, she's got, there's no other candidates to support really, except for whoever they're running in New York Center and they're not going to flip that riding. Um, so she's essentially got the full force of the Green Party behind her now as leader so she can do some more advertising. So, and then that coupled with the fact that by elections tend to have lower voter turnout, but I don't think that would affect the Greens so much in this instance because it's their leader, because they'd be more energized. I wonder if she can maybe move from fourth to third place. I think she might even go higher than that. I, I mean, it'd be it'd be lovely to see her actually win, but I don't I don't think that'll happen. But I, she may be able to squeak into second. And honestly, if if the NDP didn't run, I would be I would think it would be a close vote. But I think the left will be split and the liberals will win. But yeah. What are you going to do? She's also been endorsed by a slew of uh, people across party lines. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. She's, she's. I think there's a, a real groundswell for her out there from various parties. And, it, and it, I think she'd have a shot if the NDP were to drop out. Yeah, so it's it's too bad that they're... Uh, It'll be really interesting to see the total of the Green plus NDP versus the Liberal votes. Yeah, I mean, if it's... It might not matter, because like I said, 2019, Bill Morneau got 57.3%. Oh, yeah, it wasn't close. No, no, not at all. But it's no longer Bill Morneau. It's an area that has issues, and it's the leader of the Green. It just seems to be lining up that they at least have a shot this time. But they definitely need the NDP to drop out. With the NDP in there, it's not going to happen. Yeah, which, you know what? I mean, I feel like it would be best for the NDP to, to have dropped out for them. Yeah, they don't have any money. What are they doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Save, yeah, save themselves some money. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so... Speaking of the NDP? Speaking of the NDP, yes, except I do want to toss back a brief second because I forgot. Speaking of leaders running in ridings, the York Center election, it's going to go to the Liberals, no problem. But Maxime Bernier of the People's Party of Canada is running in the York Center election. Oh, good for him. (laughs) Right. Also Way to go, Max. Writings. The People's Party didn't run a candidate in there in 2019. It, but, People's, um, it's funny because the People's Party of Canada sounds like it should be like a communist party. Yeah, that's what the Libertarian Party came out and said because they said they were they they wouldn't be opposed to merging with the People's Party, except they felt the name was a little too left wing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so th- there's no way to you know gauge their support. But I'm gonna guess low. Because in 2019, the Liberals won 50.2% of the vote in New York Center. York Center. So I, I think he'll probably do poorly. That'd be my guess. And he probably deserves to. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. But anyway, speaking of the NDP, not so much anymore, but we're going to make the transition anyway. BC had their provincial election on Friday? Saturday? Uh, I think it was. I don't think they do elections on the weekend. Okay, so let's call it Friday. And John Horgan's NDP, which has been a minority government with the support of the Greens for the past three years until John Horgan screwed the Greens over and called a surprise election a week after the Greens had elected a new leader, has won a decisive majority, winning the NDP's best result in BC since 1991. Wow. Yeah, the NDP is... Now, there's a few ridings that they haven't called yet. Specifically, there are nine ridings that they haven't called yet. But the NDP is elected or leading in a total of 55. Out of? Uh, the Out of, I don't remember the total off the top of my head, should have written that down, but um, a majority is 44. Oh, okay. 
So 87 so, probably is the total? Yes, yes. That should have been able to do that math off the top of my head. <laughs> um, yes, 87 is the total. They have, they're leading or they're elected in 50. Done. So they have majority. Yeah. It's done. It's over. But the question is, are they going to increase that majority by another five seats? Not that it matters. Uh, no, no. doesn't matter. Once you have uh, a majority, it can be one or it can be 20. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but that gives them a gain of 14 seats. Whereas the liberals are elected in 25, leading in four, and they have a loss of 14 seats. And the Greens the stayed green, even? The Greens broke even at three. They entered with three, and they left at three. It's just those um, three don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. They, they left with a lot less power. Yeah. Except it's interesting because they actually did lose a seat, but then they picked up a different seat. Huh? So net zero, they lost the riding that used to belong to their weaver, their leader, Andrew Weaver, <laughs> who led the Greens in the coalition. Well, it wasn't technically a coalition, but in their agreement with the NDP. And then Andrew Weaver last year resigned as leader, which happens. But then it was weird. He resigned as a member of the Green Party. Oh, wow. Strange. And then in this election, without officially endorsing him, Andrew Weaver appeared in a number of campaign ads for John Horgan and the NDP. Wow. So he flopped sides. Green, yeah. The Green Party of BC really got done dirty twice in this this election. Well, I mean, you don't know the guy's reasons for changing parties. That might not be, you know, you don't know why. Yeah. Unless he until until he lays them out. You know, if it's not, you know, the NDP promised to give me a bunch of money if I supported them. If it's not that, you know, it's my beliefs have changed. This is I believe this is the best party for the for the province. Then then, you know, that's that's fine. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, you are. I don't know. I guess I was just thinking like he probably has friends like, you know, he served with two other people who are trying to get elected. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And he turns around and is like, hey, screw you. Yeah. (laughs) They supported him as the leader, you know, and he just. Turns around like, never mind. Yeah. Anyway, so they lost his riding to the NDP with their new candidate. And that kind of makes sense because, you know, if you are voting, you know, not necessarily because you're green, but because you like Andrew Weaver and then he says vote NDP, you're probably going to swap. Yeah. And then as soon as you lose an incumbent, it's harder to hold the riding. Absolutely. So it makes sense that they lost that one. But then they, they picked one up from the liberals. They actually beat the liberals, which is interesting because that's a conservative. They beat the liberals in BC are a conservative party. So a riding swapped from conservative to green. Yeah, it's a big swing. But you know what? It's exactly what happened with Elizabeth May in 2008. Her riding was held by the conservatives until they swapped to, to green. When they move, they move all the way. Yeah, that's... Uh, so they're, they're solid at three, but the Liberals lowered their vote share in every region of the province. Wow. They had a truly horrible night. Like, they didn't just get beat, they got trounced. And now people are Which saying is, that. I mean, what did they, they weren't governing. How can you get beat that badly? Or just people were so happy with what the NDP was doing that they voted NDP. Because if you're not the governor, if you're not the party that's governing, and you're not the party that holds the balance of power, that was the Greens, how can you lose that many votes? Because you really can't do anything. Like, all you yeah. can do is, is critic, you know, talk about what the other guys are doing, but you, you don't have any power. How can they, like, people must love the NDP, because it obviously can't be something that 
the Liberals did. Yeah, uh, the NDP right now in BC are riding on a high. I don't think the Liberals could have won this election without some sort of miracle. But they, I think they could have done better with a different leader. And that's been the sort of consensus that I've been seeing a lot. It's mostly Andrew Wilkinson's fault. Ah, and okay. it always puts on the head of the leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, he, when he was elected as leader of the BC Liberals, people said, well, he's a good man to hold together the free market alliance. I just did air quotes. But essentially, that's, you know, in BC, the BC Liberals is essentially an amalgamation of the old social credit party and the Liberal Party to form a center right to actually combat the NDP. So it's it's kind of like how the Conservative Party merged. Yeah, with the reform. Um, yeah. And while it wasn't an official merger, it's still like, you know, it pushed the Liberals to the right. So they were like, Andrew Wilkinson's a leader who's not going to alienate the right wing people and he's not going to alienate the center-right people. He's a good balance, but he's not very personable. And that's what people said when he was first elected. And that really showed. Yeah. You know, like he was he was slow to deal with the candidate who made the comments about Bowen Ma. He was slow to deal with the candidate who came out uh, and compared, you know, free birth control for low-income families to eugenics. He was sort of seen as like a sluggish leader who who didn't really know how to deal with crises and, and was just like, you know, not good. Yeah. So... I saw an article that said his time as leader could probably more easily be measured in hours and days than weeks and months. <laughs> so he's he's probably uh, going to be replaced soon. Oh, we imagine so. I mean, if he doesn't resign, which he doesn't, you know, there's precedent to resign after you lose an election, but there's also precedent to, you know, stick around for, you know, one or two more. But he also might lose a confidence vote in his party, which wouldn't surprise me, and they might boot him. Right. Or they might internally pressure him to resign or something. Who knows? But he's probably on his way out. But yeah, right now, you know, there's 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 still room for... There's nine ridings that maybe could flip. None of them will go to the Greens. It's just tight between the NDP and the Liberals right now. Right. But I don't I don't really see it benefiting the Liberals. Maybe they'll, like, pick up one more riding. Maybe. Even if they get all nine, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, at the end of the day, you've lost. They're done. Yeah. It's just damage control. You know, it's saving face. BC or NDP right now sit at 45.03% of the vote. Liberals got 35.41 and Greens got 15.3. Nice multiples of five across the board. Hmm. But the only other interesting thing I wanted to mention, because I was going through the ridings, riding by, by riding, and there's two ridings called Peace River North and then Peace River South. Those are the two ridings. And I imagine they're both halves of a city called Peace River. And BC technically does have a conservative party of BC. It's just small and irrelevant. Right. They don't win seats. They don't even run across the board. But in Peace River North and Peace River South, the conservative party candidate came in second to the liberals in both of those ridings. And it's the only place where conservatives placed in the top three. Oh, wow. And so with the Liberals already being a conservative party, I'm like, this must be the most conservative city in the province, Peace River. Good like, to know. Where is it? I'm not sure. No. But in Peace River North, the Liberals won 56% of the vote. The Conservatives won 35. And the NDP in third only won nine. Wow. And then in Peace River South, the Liberals won 52. The Conservatives won 31. And the NDP won 14. Yeah, and Peace, Peace, Wegs, Peace River South is much more easygoing, much more liberal. Yeah, although the Wexit Party had a candidate in Peace River South that won three percent of the vote. Oh, which really is should be added into the the top two. Yeah, so that's that result. It it's, makes um, me want to visit Peace River. 
<laughs> see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, if you look at the BC election map, it looks like the Liberals did much better than they did because they won a bunch of big ridings. But you know, land doesn't vote; people vote, and the people voted by and large for John Horton. Yeah, forty-five percent of the vote share is nothing to laugh at. No, he's obviously obviously the population is happy with the job that he's doing. So good for them. Again, one of those. I don't think COVID is quite as rampant out there as it is in other places, and. It's one of those elections during the pandemic where they, people are happy with what's going on, so they won handily. Yeah, despite the fact that the NDP made them go to the polls in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, that was the only thing that I thought might cost them, but obviously I was wrong. They knew their province better than I did. Maybe it did cost them. Maybe they would have gotten 50% of the vote if they hadn't called it early. Yeah, well, back in federal parliament there, the, the conservatives led by... Aaron O'Toole wanted to start a committee that was going to look into ethical concerns of the Liberal Party, but I think in general of an ethical watchdog. I thought it was specifically regarding the We Charity scandal. Yeah. Like I thought it was specific to that. Maybe that, maybe um, that is what it is. Anyway, so yeah, they wanted to... The, sorry, continue. No, so the, the Conservatives wanted to, to form this committee, and for obvious reasons, the Liberals didn't. And they said that this was going to be a confidence vote then. So they're going to have the vote, but it's going to be a confidence vote. So the the Liberals, the the liber- the liberals said it's going to be a confidence vote. So the, the NDP, the Green, and Independents sided with the Liberals to defeat the motion to create the new... Oh, yeah, to create a new committee to probe alleged Liberal corruption. So they defeated it. It's gone now. It's not going to happen. But, but before the vote, Jagmeet Singh said his caucus would not give Prime Minister Trudeau the election he's looking for. And I think he's wrong. I don't think Trudeau wanted an election at all. I think he was counting on the fact that the NDP doesn't want an election right now. And you make this a confidence vote, and then they'll side with him for sure. Yeah. And and then his, his ethics allegations doesn't get looked into any farther than it was right now. He doesn't want an election. He doesn't want this committee. That's why it was yeah. a confidence vote. Because he needed the NDP to side with him. Absolutely, yeah. He needed the NDP to side with him. So you make it a confidence vote. They can't afford the election, so they're going to side with him. Yeah. And and, I mean, and saying that I won't give Prime Minister Trudeau the election he's looking for, uh, either he's trying to put a spin on it and make his vote look like he's standing up for the little guy, or he doesn't know what's going on. I think he's probably trying to put a spin on it. I mean, the but don't do that the then, because it just l- doesn't look good. That is not. It's yeah. clearly not why he just doesn't want any farther investigation into this wee thing than it's already been done. He's done with it, and rightly or wrongly so. I think yeah. they also wanted to look into how he, how he's handled the COVID and and the potential fraud payments for COVID and stuff like that. I think the committee also was going to look into something like that. But it, it was going to be a conservative-led committee that had the power to call anybody at any time and hold yeah, them pretty- for hold them for as long as they wanted, and it had some yeah. some interesting powers that I think most committees don't. No, yeah, it was a very powerful committee. Almost no committees have those. So um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It would have been. I mean, I don't think the we thing was entirely flushed out. I also don't think it was a. I mean, maybe he gave it to him because it was his buddy. But if he's not going to, he's never going to come out and say that. And we probably could have handled it and probably could have done a good job. So, eh. yeah, yeah, maybe other, maybe other charities could have done it as well. Maybe. I don't know. But what, I mean, I, I just can't get too worked up about it. 
I mean, it it's another thing that goes to Trudeau not being clued in. Yeah. But that's that's my concern. It's not this specific action. It's it's a broader sense of, you know, read the room. Yeah. You know, I will say though, I, I think may I think it's possible Trudeau would be willing to gamble on an election, even if he doesn't necessarily even if it's not his choice. I think he would be willing to safely gamble on it. I think he put himself in a no-lose situation, or at least one that he could conceive as a no-lose situation, because if you look at the most recent 338 projections, the Liberals are not right now projected at winning. Oh, and I should mention, 338, which is the poll, polling um, algorithm that I always mention, predict, predicted, now this, could, this number could change if some of those writing flips, but it's looking like predicted uh, with the BC election with 90% accuracy and all of their safe and likely predictions were correct. So just another, you know, credit to 338 as why I constantly refer to them. But their most recent prediction puts the Liberals at 171 seats. Yeah. 170 is a majority in the House of Commons. And this is the first time it's put them in majority territory in a while. But even last week, it put them at 167, which would be a 10-seat pickup for the Liberals. So, you know, it's not exactly comfortable lead, but it's something he might be willing to gamble with, especially if he can go into the election saying, my party voted against having an election, the conservatives and the liberals voted for your election. And that can be a tough sell. That would probably be a tough sell, but it might be one he's willing to gamble on. Yeah, but he would. it's his party that called it a confidence vote, not the liberals and the NDP. So it's his party that would have called the election, or sorry, not the conservatives or the NDP. So it is his party that called the election, essentially. This isn't happening. It doesn't matter. They won. And the other thing is, he's pulling ahead right now, but if he'd lost this confidence vote, there would be some serious hearings into all these ethics violations that would come out that would probably hit him in the polls. Maybe, but I bet you the election, but that would Im- immediately plunge the country into an election, which would completely divert from media attention to this committee. I think actually they were going to dissolve parliament, so the committee wouldn't even happen. They, if yeah. they voted for the committee, the committee wouldn't even happen. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it was... I it mean, was, a, I, I don't know, it was a bad, I think it was a bad look for Trudeau if it, if they ended up calling the election. I think yeah. the election would have I, been on him. I agree if you pay enough attention, but the average Canadian doesn't pay that much attention to the, the politics in that way. So yeah. it might be an easier sell. I'm sure it would have pointed it out on all the attack ads from the other two parties. Anyway, moving on to Trump. There was a, a big endorsement this week. Bolsonaro endorsed Trump, which really, I think, says all you need to know. <laughs> That's an endorsement that you should say, no, it's all right. You don't have to endorse me. It's like, it didn't, I think in 20, I think in the last election, Trump was endorsed by David Duke. He just gets the best endorsements, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, uh, he gets endorsed by his brand. Also, it looks like, Trump has an undisclosed bank account in China. Now, he, he's recently said he's closed that account before the election, but I'm not, I don't know. Probably not. We'll see. Not shocking. <laughs> yeah, no, not shocking at all. My favorite was Obama's response to that. Did you see that? Yeah, I think so. What, from that speech at the Biden rally? Yeah, and he was just like, could you imagine if I had had a secret bank account in China? Fox News would have had a field day. Yeah. They would have called me Beijing Barry. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite Obama is I'm not president anymore, so I can say whatever the hell I want, Obama. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. Hey, you, and and you can tell, like, the presidency took the took the toll on Obama, man. He looks, he doesn't look, I guess it's been 12 years now since he started. So maybe he does look 12 years older. 
I don't know. He looks a lot older than when he was first yeah. <laughs> elected. A lot yeah, older. Well, I mean, you can see that in a lot of presidents when you see them, except for Trump, because he doesn't do anything. And he was plastic in the first place. Yeah. And one of my one of my favorite tweets from Trump this week, just because it's just it's just so rambling and so nonsensical, says fake news talks about cases, cases, cases. Media is doing everything possible to create fear prior to November 3rd. The cases are up because testing is way up. By far the most and the best in the world. Mortality rate is down 85% plus. What's 85% plus? What? What? What are you talking about? And cases yeah. are up. Deaths are up. Deaths <laughs> are up. What? Like, forget about cases. People are. Done. It's 225, 230,000 now. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, yes, testing. If you do more tests, you're going to get more cases, but you have to look at the percent of people that are testing positive. And even that's a little misleading because only people that feel sick go get tested. Yeah. It's not like everybody's being tested. So you'd expect the percent of people being tested to be high. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, not actually getting more cases from more testing. You're just knowing about more cases. Exactly. So it's, it, it is a misleading and, you know, stupid statement. Yeah. As are most of the things that Donald Trump says. But yeah, they've lost, they're, they're, they're close to losing 250,000 people now, deaths. Yeah. Like not just cases, deaths. Yeah, yeah. their cases are over 8 million, I think. Yeah. So they have almost lost half of the state of Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, but that's just Wyoming. Nobody cares about Wyoming. (laughs) Wyoming is interesting. Wyoming is the most conservative state in the U.S., and it's also the least populous. And I I feel like that's not unconnected. Yeah. And it looks like Monday will be confirmation day for Barrett. Senators voted 51 to 48 to begin winding down debate. Now, there was two Republican senators that voted with the Democrats. Maine, Susan, what's her name? Collins. And Alaska, Lisa, Lisa, yeah, Murawski. She voted. Yeah, she voted also to keep the questioning going, like not to wind down the questioning. But it doesn't matter because fifty-one of them said we are going to wind down the que- questioning. So she should be. Yeah. Thank goodness she should be on the court before the th- November third election. So that's a that's a big load off my mind. Yeah, uh, and wait, it'll so be wait. the fastest to the court ever. Who didn't vote? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I wonder if it was a, must have been, well, would have been a Republican. I wonder if they just didn't show up or if they, like, abstained. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's annoying. This this is in my column. Oh, are you are you done? Yep, done, I, done. Over to you. Trump, I, over to you. Great. Murkowski, you said, voted to keep the questioning going. Yeah. And had originally said that she was not going to vote for the for Amy Coney Barrett because it's a double standard and she doesn't think we should be appointing anyone this close to election. And then she votes to keep keep the questioning going. And then she says like after that vote she says I'm going to vote to confirm her. I know I said I wouldn't, but now I'm going to. And like she's just all over the place. Yeah, I saw that article. She said the process shouldn't have happened, but the nominee shouldn't be held responsible for that. But they kind of they kind of should be. If you're saying this should not have happened, it doesn't matter who the nominee is, you should vote no for it. Yeah, absolutely. And even if she believed the process shouldn't happen, did she say that when Obama uh, uh, nominated Merrick Garland? Did she push to give Merrick Garland hearings because she thought, well, we shouldn't hold the nominee responsible for this kind of thing? Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, it's just 
And it's annoying that, you know, like we keep expecting Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski to be better than they are. We think, oh, they're moderates. Oh, they'll flip. Oh, they'll vote with us and what's important. But they don't. They don't. 90% of the time, you know? No, they'll vote with their party. And yeah, yeah, they always do in the end. They talk about maybe not, but they always do in the end. They have to talk about maybe not because of their constituents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, I think this is politically unwise of her. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many it comes back to haunt. I mean, it, it, I hope not... it comes back to haunt a lot of them. There's a, you know, there's a good hunk of Senate elections coming up. I'd yeah. like to see, I'd like to see them uh, be held accountable. Yeah. Well, Lisa Murkowski's not up for election for two more years, but, you know, I think it's looking like it's affecting Lindsey Graham. Even if he's probably going to win in South Carolina, he's in a much closer election than anyone would have guessed. Susan Collins is going up for election, and while, you know, this she's voting, well, we'll, we'll see if she votes to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. She said she wouldn't, but she still could easily flip. But I think she sealed her fate when she voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. If you're smart and you want to stay a senator... And you know your party's going to win anyway. You can vote the other way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you can t- you can go you can go up to Mitch. You know, take him out for a nice steak dinner and say, "Hey, Mitch, you got the votes. I'm going to lose if I vote to elect to confirm Kavanaugh or Barrett or whatever. So I'm going to vote no. But you know, really good good on you. I'm glad you're doing it. But I'm going to vote just so you know. I'm voting no. Yeah, it's- and Mitch would be like, "All right, thanks for the steak. Good luck next election." Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be happy to see Susan Collins punished. Uh, other senators who are going to be punished, Martha McSally from Arizona, possibly Joni Ernst from Iowa, Cory Gardner from Colorado. Yeah, I said they're giving Lindsey Graham a run for his money. Quite literally, he's begging for it on Fox News. Hmm. There's a few, even in Kansas, it's close. I mean, the Republicans will still probably likely win, but they're even giving a run in Kansas, and it's forcing you know it's, it's putting the republicans on the defense and when they have to be spending money to defend kansas and north carolina and uh, in, in north carolina which is another likely flip and south carolina and texas and alaska you've got a problem you know yeah and and alaska is uh, you know uh, lisa murkowski is from alaska the other senator from alaska is dan sullivan and it's looking like he's gonna win alaska but it's close and you know that's it's close, and and it's two more years before Lisa Murkowski is up for re-election. That's two more years for the Democrats to try to continue to make inroads. And have people remember. Two years, people forget. That's true. Well, I mean, except they never forgot Brett Kavanaugh for Susan Collins. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see. Talking about Mitch McConnell, he's looking rough. Yeah. I don't know what he was he's, doing. I don't know if he like, was doing some serious woodworking or something, and, and something went horribly yeah. wrong. You see pictures of his hands. They are entirely purple. Yeah, it's not... He's got bruises around his mouth, and he's got bandages all over his hands, and... It's like he was attacked yeah. by a bear or something. Yeah. Was that course. him that got attacked by that cougar? Yeah. No, he can't run that fast. Like, and then a reporter asked him about his health, and he said, it's nothing to worry about. And yeah. I was like, is it? It looks like it's something to worry about. When you just start turning into one big bruise <laughs> for no reason... I mean, there's yeah. a reason. There is a yeah. reason. Whatever it is, there's. if it's nothing to worry about, then tell us, Mitch. What is it? Were you on a Zoom call with uh, Jeffrey Tubin? Like, what, <laughs> you, what What went wrong? He's like, sorry, I was out uh, 
beating Democrats in South Carolina for my buddy Lindsay. Yeah, exactly. What was it? Was it a bar fight? What was that? What happened? Yeah. And you know what? Like, like I get health can sometimes be a personal issue. But when you're the leader of the Senate majority, when it is so obvious, and when you look like you've been on death's doorstep for the past five years... You know, I think the people have a right to be concerned. And he's one of the people that's up for election in yeah. a week and a half or whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's a valid question. Yeah. And if it's nothing to worry about... Then tell us what it is. Yeah. If, it's, if it is, like, you know, I, I bruised my hands cutting wood at my family campfire, you know. But if you're if the decay of your soul is finally affecting your body, <laughs> Mitch, you, you know, we need to know. It does look like that deal with the devil is now... Uh, he's, <laughs> he has to pay up soon. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with him, but it, it looks bad. <laughs> we'll see if it maybe just goes away. Who knows? Anyway, moving on. Biden is according to the 538 polling average is 0.1% behind Trump in Texas. And you can say, and I know dad, you you say this a lot when I talk about the polls, you know, 2016 and don't discount Trump yet and that kind of thing. Well, if you say, you know, there's a problem with the polls, if the polls are just as wrong as they were in 2016, Biden wins Texas because Texas actually underestimated underestimated Hillary Clinton by 3%. They said Trump would win it by 12. Trump won it by 9. So Trump would, or Biden would win Texas by just over 2%. And if Biden wins every state Hillary Clinton won, but loses every state she lost, except he flips Texas, he wins the presidency. That puts him exactly at 270. So, you know, it just, now I don't think Biden will win Texas. I don't. I think Trump will win it narrowly. But I think it just goes to show you how bad of a position Trump is in. Yeah, I also think that people don't give the same answers in polls as they do when they actually go and mark the ballot. Maybe, but that would have been like nothing's changed there. No, no, exactly. And I also think, I don't know who gets polled exactly. Like, how do they come up with these people? Are they random? Are they really random from the phone book? I I honestly don't know. And do people answer? Do you think Trump's base is going to answer a somebody gets him a call and it's like hi i'm calling you to do a poll they're gonna hang up maybe but they like to say i mean they also love to say that they're voting for trump yeah, by and large maybe uh, we'll see uh, we'll see yeah but it's gonna be a very interesting election i um, certainly hope biden wins yeah and people are saying that you know unless biden wins by a lot it's gonna be dangerous because trump will contest it and and might you know, gain some ground. He's going to contest it. Doesn't matter how much Biden wins by. But like, you know, if Biden trounces him, then that's the credibility of that contesting will be like, you know, harder sell. And on that note, 60 million votes have already been cast in the U.S. through mail-in voting, uh, mail-in voting, or early voting. Fraud, fraud. And there, and there's still just over a week till the election. For that early voting but to give you reference 60 million votes is the amount of votes that mitt romney got total in 2012 60 million votes is just under what donald trump got total in 2016 like that is half of the voting population from 2016 it's all fraud <laughs> and so if if there's that and there's more early voting and then there's turnout on election day you know we could Joe Biden could do very well. He could get a trouncing victory. Yeah, I hope it's a trouncing victory. I really do. I I think to send not only 
the racists and misogynists and everybody else in the states a message but but to send the world a message they need to say you know what uh our bad yeah yeah it can't it can't be a narrow victory you know because it's be like uh but you know trump trump uh said something the other day that i think deserves a lot more coverage than it's getting he said talking about kamala harris as joe biden's running mate calling her a socialist which she is not it drives me crazy when the right wing points to like centrists and says that's a socialist and then people who are like hi i'm a socialist that's not a socialist and, and people are like oh yeah kamala harris is a socialist when the socialist is like she's absolutely not we do not like her it drives me crazy how they can make that sell but anyway he was talking about kamala harris and he said we will never have a socialist president especially not a female wow like how can you spin that as anything except sexist over the past four years and even probably prior to that there is zero doubt that he's racist and sexist i mean there's just no doubt I, but, yeah but it, i just i feel like it's maybe more subtle and insidious sometimes whereas this was just so blatant he essentially said it would be better to have a male socialist president than a female socialist president i just i don't understand well i mean i guess it depends how you take it from trump i'm sure that's what he meant but what he could saying is what he might the way he could spin it is it's very difficult to get a socialist president because there's not that many people that are that far left in the u.s Plus, it's extra difficult to get a female president because a lot of people are sexist. So if you have a female socialist president, it will probably never happen, you know, not in our lifetimes, because there just isn't that many people that'll vote for a female socialist president, which is probably true. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's how he meant it. Yeah, in context, that doesn't really make any sense. The context being it came out of Donald Trump's mouth. (laughs) Um. But it is harder for a female to get elected. Yes, it is. Right? hundred percent. Yeah, it is. Oh, a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Hillary Clinton lost. It's a big reason. I mean, listen, yeah, she yeah, wasn't. There are several reasons. There are several reasons, but it is, you know, I bet you, I bet you it's one. There are a few reasons like this, but if she had been a man and that was the only difference, she probably would have won. Probably. It was close enough that probably, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, last thing I want to mention was I wanted to bring up the Electoral College just because I've never quite understood it as a system because it's ridiculous. And I still think it's ridiculous, but I understand it a little bit more now. And so I thought I'd relay some of the details as we go into this election. So the Electoral College, the original idea behind it was it's 1787. We don't have the Internet yet or mass media. This is a direct quote from Thomas Jefferson. So He said we don't have the Internet yet? Yeah, he said we don't have the Internet yet. We don't have, you know, new mass media news coverage. There's no CNN. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so or television. <laughs> yeah exactly but so it was assumed that your average voter has gonna is, is gonna have no idea who's running for the national president you know yeah like, i mean they had all... flyers i would think yeah, but in, i would in, suspect in... most people to know who was running for president even in really? your small backwoods town of virginia hear ye hear ye president you know whatever jefferson is running again like yeah, yeah, yeah. But campaigns didn't go on as long as they used to. And and so there's less time for that information to spread. But they will know their small town and they'll know people and trust people. So, you know, there will be somebody's town, somebody's job in that town specifically to study up on the two candidates, decide who they think should be president, and then say, I'm standing for this president or I'm standing for this candidate. And then people could vote 
basically on which elector, part of the electoral college, they trust the most and think, okay, I think you're smarter than this person, so I'm going to go with the person you're supporting. And then they elect that elector to go vote for that president. Overly complex. Seems to be. Seems to be adding a step or two, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but that was the thought behind it. So, yeah. And then states get their number of electoral college votes. It is the number of representatives that they have in the House of Representatives, which is decided by population, plus the two senators. So it's House of Representatives plus two. And that decides how many electoral college votes your state gets. So Wyoming has three because they have one House representative, but two senators. And that's that's more or less it. But to me, that just shows, you know, knowing the logic, I'm like, okay, but it's still an archaic system. Like, that just shows me how archaic it really is, because the thing it's trying to avoid doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do it. Does everybody in Wyoming have internet and cable TV yet? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's still a ridiculous system, but I, I enjoyed knowing more about it. It's actually, it's it's the exact opposite now from what the original thought was. The original thought was you don't know who's running for president, so you vote for one of these two guys that you do know. Mm-hmm. Now, you have no idea who the elector college representative is. You only know yeah. who's running for president. Yeah. And you know, it's still ridiculous because in most states, there's no law saying that now it didn't used to be the way that states would give their electoral college based on popular vote because electors could could just vote for whoever they wanted really at the end of the day and well now it has become more of the custom to give you know your pot your california has 55 electoral college votes democrats win the popular vote all 55 go to the democrats but there is still no laws saying that that has to be the way electors can still vote however the hell they want yeah which is ridiculous. And they do sometimes. Every election, there are faithless electors. Normally not many. No, no, like, you know, maybe three. But if, you know, if, like I said, Joe Biden wins every other, every Clinton state and then flips Texas, he's exactly at 270. If there's one faithless elector, then it's a tie. If there's two, Donald Trump gets it. You know? Like, it's a problem. Yeah, it, I thought it, it's an interesting way. I mean, what they're trying to do, they do the same thing up here with ridings. They're trying to give more representation to those people that have that live in areas that are important but not that important so not very many people live there yeah so they get a bit more clout but it's in the grand scheme of things it's not a lot more but but at least ridings you know you can't have the liberals win the riding and then it's a "Mm, nah we're gonna put the conservative guy in yeah exactly and you know it's it's my biggest issue like i get that i understand that and i kind of am on board with an idea with a legislative body that is based on population and then another legislative body that you know kind of tries to give equal representation to the states that are smaller population and then legislation has to go through both of those you know and it kind of balances it out that doesn't sound too bad on paper but then you give so much power to that body the senate in the u.s you know that tries to give more power to the states with fewer populations that you end up with a, a senate where the majority represents decently less than half of the U.S. population giving a lifetime appointment to three in the past four years Supreme Court justices and shifting the the judicial system dramatically to the right when most Americans voted for the center or center-left party. 
the Democrats. Most of the power should be in the legislative body where it is based on population, not the one that that yeah is have have their Senate more like our Senate, where it's well maybe a little bit more effective than our Senate, but it's it's more of a rubber stamp body than a you know lawmaking and and Supreme Court appointing and whatever else they do. They, they do have a lot yeah, of power, positions, and you know they decide whether or not the president gets fired. You know, like it's ridiculous for a very lopsided body. But it's interesting because I I was listening to some commentators and they said that, you know, it's looking like the Democrats will win a trifecta, the presidency, the Senate and the House of Representatives. And they will likely only hold on to that for two years, because after two years with Joe Biden in the midterms, the Senate will probably swing back to the Republicans. So it said the Democrats will probably try to push forward their most radical ideas in those first two years, including DC statehood, and Puerto Rico statehood. And if they get those through, then they'll be democratic states yeah then that's and four more four more seats well, yeah and maybe yeah. they can win in the in the two years after that yeah exactly and i mean you t- the people talk about you know you're giving more more democratic votes for the electoral college not very popular states you're maybe giving them six seven more votes but that's definitely not what the democrats are going for they're going for those four more senators yeah because that's that's power that is comfortable. That That's what you really want. And they'll definitely win it in the first few years because they're the one that gave them statehood. Yeah, exactly. That's what they want, yeah. Because they right now their weakest body is the Senate because the Senate is based on essentially land, not population. Yeah. So if they could get those four more senators, they'd be golden. Well, maybe not golden, but... But way more competitive. Yeah, it'd be more competitive. Because right now, isn't it, like, isn't it, what is it, 50, 54, 46? Uh, I think it's 53, 47. Right, so four more seats, and they're still losing 53, 51. Yes, but but I think, you know, the with places like North Carolina shifting to the left, and Colorado shifting to the left, and, you know, Maine shifting to the left, if they solidify those seats, they'll be losing. But, you know, right now, the, the Republicans have been in control of the Senate for a decade. The Democrats haven't been in control of the Senate for more than just a couple of years for, you know, like four or five decades. But if they got four more solid senators, they might be able to go on streaks like that. Yeah, it would help. For sure it would help. Yeah. Because right now, you know, they're looking at you know, in a few years, they're going to get Democratic senators in Texas. They're flipping Arizona right now. There's a Republican in Pennsylvania who will probably lose in his next midterm. Same with Wisconsin. They're making inroads, and and their four four senators would certainly be a gift. Yeah, you never know if if that's as much as an anti-Trump vote as anything. Yes, fair enough. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. All right, closer to fine, and you know this is this is a bit closer to fine, a bit yeah, not. But my first, uh, you know, I read that Fifty Cent has retracted his endorsement of Trump, so it's just good to know Fifty Cent's still around. I didn't realize he was. However, Little Pump is behind Trump. He he endorsed Trump, so I don't know Ooh. if Fifty Cent and Little Pump are gonna fight. Fifty Cent's still gonna vote for Trump. It's just bad for his public image to not to endorse him. Maybe, but why is it? Why isn't it bad for Little Pump's image? Does Little Pump have an image? Who the hell is that? I don't know. He's got. To be, he's probably more popular right now than Fifty Cent. Is my guess. I don't know. 
I mean, 50 Cent was is people don't even know who he is anymore, do they? He doesn't still do music, does he? I don't know. I never listened to him. I think it was so funny that in his original endorsement, he was like, yes, Donald Trump hates black people, but I don't like Joe Biden's tax plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'd have to change his name to 20 cents. <laughs> Trump released the full 60-minute interview uh, prior to it coming out on 60 Minutes. And I just, I, I didn't put this in Trump because I just thought it made me, I, he, he did it to show how unfair the interview was. But he he recorded it with his own cameras. She said, she said, are you ready for some tough questions? Later on in the interview, he goes, you, you came in here, you said, are you ready for tough questions? First thing you said, that's no way to talk. And then he storms off like it just showed what a huge baby he is. And it's just, again, it's just reinforcing these things. But I just, I cannot believe that 50 million people are going to vote for this guy. I can't believe it. Like, I just, I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. But man, oh man, is it just because your parents said you're Republican? Like, do, do you have no morality? Yeah. Like, is it just because you don't want to pay taxes? What? I don't understand. This guy is a nightmare. He should not be running a country. He, can, he shouldn't be running his own business, I don't think. Like, he seems deranged. But you yeah. want to run yeah. your own business, that's fine doesn't really affect too many other people except for the people you don't pay but you know how can you have this guy in charge of your country it's just unbelievable to me and that just reinforced it again and and which is the opposite effect of what he was going for yeah it's i mean it, it is ridiculous and you know it has to me it has to be you know at least 40 million of those 50 million have to be people who are like yeah you know i I don't really like him, and he's really bad at everything, but he's going to appoint conservative justices who are going to stop murdering babies, because Democrats murder babies, and then they stick them back in so they can murder them again. Like, that kind of crazy? Mm. Or like, yeah, but, you know, he's good for the economy, so it's okay if he separates children from their parents and they can't find parents of 575 children because they put them in cages at the border. That's fine, because he's good for the economy. Those single issue nut jobs. Yeah. And like, I. <laughs> I just think what. And I also think you. People that are registered Republican don't even think when they go to the voters box. They just. And same with registered Democrats. I don't yeah. think they think. They go in and they vote for that party and then they go home. And they just. Yeah. I'm a Republican. I don't care who's running. I'm a Democrat. I don't care who's running. Yeah. I. I don't. Jamie Harrison said in a debate with Lindsey Graham when Lindsey Graham said, you know, this isn't your grandparents' Democratic Party. This is, these Democrats are nut jobs or something like that. Yeah. Harrison said, the first step towards working across the aisle is to not call the other side nut jobs. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard not to call people who are voting for Trump nut jobs. <laughs> Fair. Listen, I disagreed with Mitt Romney, but I don't think it was insane to vote for him. I disagreed with John McCain, but I don't think it was insane to vote for him. It's insane to vote for Donald Trump at this point. It just is. Yeah. There's no. there's no reason to. He's given and us four There's active years. reasons not to. Yeah. He's given us four years to show there's no reason to vote for him, and there's tons of active reasons not to. He did that plenty in the year of the primary, and then now we have another four years of it, and still half the country's going to vote for him. Yeah. It's, it's really... It's shocking. It's shocking, and it'd be an interesting... I don't know. Somehow, if you could interview 
everybody that voted for him and get honest answers. It would be just why. It would be an interesting research study. But that'll never happen. And moving on. In a in a survey by the Public Religion Research Institute, who I've never heard of, but it's an interesting survey, they found that 70% of Americans are in favor of same-sex marriage, which is the highest number it's ever been, which is good. It's 80% of Democrats, 76% of Independents, and 50% of Republicans. Like It's just such a big gap there. And then, even more, when you break it down by religion, 90% of religiously unaffiliated Americans are okay with same sex, are in favor of same sex marriage. I want to pause you there for a second. Yeah, because for those ten percent who aren't, what what what's your reason? I don't if know. If it's not religion, what is it? I don't know. Yeah, like first of all, religion's a bad reason to be opposed. You can now you can you know if it's not okay in your religion, I don't think your church should be forced to marry people within your religion if it's not okay with your religion. I, I personally disagree with that, but you know, in terms of how rights work, we can't force your church to, to marry two people they don't want to marry. But legally, the government and the church should be separated, so legally, there's no religious reason to not marry people. But that's beside the point. If, if you don't have a religious objection, what's your objection? What are the 10%? I, it doesn't say. But like, that's still 90%. If you get 90% in anything, that's pretty good. Yes. That's like, good. you get 10% of just Maybe they are religiously. If it, maybe it is religious, but they just don't know it. You know what I mean? It's because it's because their daddy told them, right, or whatever. Yeah. That's just what it, it could be, boil down to religious reasons. They're just unaware. But I think ninety percent is a high number. It is seventy nine percent of white mainline Protestants are okay with it. Seventy eight percent of Hispanic Catholics. Seventy two percent of members of non Christian religious groups. 68% of Hispanic Protestants, 67% of white Catholics, 57% of black Protestants, and 56% of members of other Christian religious groups. And 90% that have no religious affiliation. So really, it's it's religion that's bringing the number down. Yeah. But doesn't doesn't religion say just just love your neighbor? Like it doesn't doesn't say don't worry who your neighbor loves. Just love yeah. your neighbor. Yeah, it does. Shouldn't, shouldn't religion does. be a higher number than... Shouldn't religious people have a higher number than non-religious people? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, you're right. And if you look at the actual teachings of, of you know, and, and I don't... I'm, I am shamefully unaware of how other, you know, the, the, the rules of other religions. But, you know, you look at the teachings of, of Christ, love thy neighbor. Never said anything about worry about what your neighbor's doing in the bedroom you know it, it's a very simple easy commandment and and it should be you know and it was like the cornerstone of his teachings and so i per, i think you know these numbers are low because of man's corruption people corrupting it over the years and using it for control yeah and, and that is the, where i have issues with organized religion uh, yeah and the people quote the bible for anything they want to back up literally any if you have a position you can have some quote in the bible to back it up from new or old somewhere yeah it's in there it's a big book <laughs> there's 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 a family guy joke in it's like a few lines in one of the older episodes so one of the good episodes where peter and lois are arguing about something that has nothing to do with religion and Peter says, it's in the Bible, Lois. And Lois goes, what? And he goes, I don't know. Doesn't that just normally cover it somehow? <laughs> it's true. It <laughs> does. 
But when you break it down, it's supposed to be about being kind to one another. And I I just don't understand. I've never understood why it seems, you know, that this, this, I don't understand why the religious people are are against it. That's just, that's just one of the things that seems like it's the opposite of what. So it's good that the Pope recently came out and said that they can, they should be covered by civil unions. It's not quite all the way there, but it's, it's a, it's a first step. Yeah, it's not legal marriage, but it is a first step. It is legal um, marriage. It's not religious marriage. Uh, my understanding was that they should be. He said they should be covered under like civil union laws, but not a legal marriage. Well, maybe he like, considers legal marriage is married in the church, but a civil union is a legal marriage, right? Once you're married according to the state, once you're in a union according to the state, I, I mean. Maybe he's talking about the word marriage only applies to if it happens in a church. I don't know. But I I thought it was like, you know, if you live with the same person for X amount of years as a romantic partner, you you start getting all those things. Yeah, that's true. And, And that's because you are essentially married. You haven't gone through the ceremony, but you're married. That Yeah. Isn't that common law? Yeah, common law. But I mean, there's no there's no legal difference between common law and married other than the ceremony. Okay. I don't think there's no there's no exchanging of rings and I do's and smashing of plates and whatever depending on your religion but legally like from a tax point of view and every any other benefits and stuff like that it's the same yeah all right that's that's pretty good I think I think but I, I just don't understand why they don't just let let them let them do it in the church like who cares well not do it in the church but get married in the church <laughs> yeah I I mean I I agree I agree I think I think Pope Francis's position is in terms of, you know, the I'm assuming mostly sitting because he's old. Yes. Um, But I think, you know, concerning the rights of individuals, he's on the money in that the government can't force the church to marry people they don't want to marry. And in turn, the church can't force the government to stop people from getting married. Right. And that's what's kind of terrifying about Amy Coney Barrett is if the Supreme Court reverses the legalization of same-sex marriage in the U.S., thousands, maybe millions of marriages will be nullified. I don't think, th- well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but I don't I don't think they can do, I don't think they'll do that. You don't think they'll reverse it? Nah. They definitely won't. At worst case scenario, I think they'll reverse it going forward. I don't think they'll say all you people that are married are no longer. I don't know. Pete Buttigieg seems to think that's possible. Yeah. Well, maybe. A boat. They're in a position to make worst-case scenario outcomes because they don't want her confirmed. Yeah. But you know what? It, it's yeah, And, you know, the first thing they'll do is they'll outlaw abortion. That'll be before same-sex marriage. Well, they can't do anything. They yeah. hear cases. There has to be a law that's challenged and then it has yeah. to go through all this stuff. It's, it, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but yeah. It might. I mean, state hard-right state governments will start taking every law they don't like to court, which will then, you know, affect the whole country. But it'll be interesting because if the judicial system comes out and says, you know, reverses decision on a lot of these things, but you have a democratic trifecta, they could just then, you know, if, if the judicial system says it's constitutional to deny a woman the right to her health care, the Democrats could just say, OK, but we're going to pass a national law that says you can't. Yeah, I yeah. think that's happened up here before, too. You know, they've unconstitutional, but there's like, yeah, but in some cases we just do it anyway because it's right. Yeah. So those, if they could reverse all those decisions that were like landmark progress made by the court, then they could reverse those. And then the Democrats on the legislative side of things could just push it forward again.
Ah, parting thoughts. Dylan, you got some? Yeah, I, I finished uh, I finished my filming that I was doing. I think grand total was close to 35 hours of, of work. I thought you had one more. I thought it was next weekend as well. Nope. Oh, okay. It was originally... It was originally just the Saturdays for three weeks. Right. But then I couldn't do the last Saturday because of school, so they moved it to this Sunday. Ah, okay. So three days of filming, probably grand total of 35 hours of work. For me, the, the way more for the production team, and they're still working on it. But it's uh, supposed to be released around the holidays. Nice. Christmas time slasher film or horror film or thriller film or whatever it is. I don't know. You can. I don't even know where to just put it. You can decide when you see it. But it is. I did find out it's going to be submitted to festivals and stuff. So. Oh, cool. Fun. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Maybe you'll go to TIFF. Maybe. Walk in the red carpet. Wave. Get your <laughs> get your high, get your fancy wave down as you walk down the red carpet. <laughs> Who are you wearing? Uh, I don't know. Winners. Costco. <laughs> I think this is the Costco line. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's good. You had a good time doing it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Cold, cold at certain points, but fun. And was there? Was, is there going to be a blooper reel at the end? Did you find out? So. We got stuff. You got lots of it's, bloopers. Yeah, it's been discussed more this weekend than than the first shoot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's good. I have to say though, I was I, I did a scene where I'm looking in a mirror because like I just woke up is the theory, and I'm not wearing a shirt. And I was looking in the mirror and I was like, supposed to be like, kind of like deadpan. I was, I was just demonstrating and I realized this is a total audio momentum. So it doesn't matter what I do, but I'm supposed to be like this, like deadpan, like, you know, dead inside looking in the mirror and I'm not wearing a shirt. I don't know if I said that, but as I'm like acting this out and I'm like looking deadpan in the mirror, I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking my sternum is really sunken. That's strange. Should I see a doctor? Like this is, this looks disproportional. And and that really dominated most of my thoughts during this scene while I'm looking into the mirror. Huh. I was very concerned about my sternum. So are you going to go but see someone? No, I'm sure it's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any other parting thoughts? That was no, it. That, that pretty much has taken over your life for the last weekend between that and school. The last yeah, two weekends. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, you know, go anime Paul. How was the set. how was the script overall? You're happy with the script? And you think it's. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was, I said a few episodes ago how it got changed up at the last minute and, um, the old concept was described to me and I think this is much better than the old concept. Oh, good. Good. So, well, I have, I think I mentioned earlier, we're looking at maybe back to stage two for Halton, which is maybe needed. I don't know. I understand it always starts off with a small number of cases and then it grows, you know, like the old commercial with the for the hair product and she told two friends and she told two friends and so on and so on and so on and then you have a screen full of friends that use head and shoulders that's not what it was i think it was l'oreal i can't remember herbal essence i think it was herbal essence yeah okay anyway they told two friends and so on and so on and so on and i get that's how it spreads but we're talking about 31 cases in a region of forty-five thousand people like this is where it's it's really critical that they have to listen to make sure you listen to the health experts. You have to listen to everybody, but they have to act quickly when they do act. And and you got to keep an eye on these numbers. Like, is it thirty one? If tomorrow's a hundred, then shut it down tomorrow. If tomorrow's yeah. still thirty one or goes down to twenty nine or twenty eight, then maybe you can keep going. Like, I don't think you want to. No, 
it's almost a no-win situation for these politicians. Like, either somebody thinks you're going to act too early or you acted too late. There's no perfect time. But you're looking at Madeline had to go get her braces fixed today, right? Because she broke them while she was flossing, which is good because oh. she was flossing. But anyway, 150 bucks to replace it. But it, it's not braces. It's that wire that's... You probably still have one too, right? At the back of your yeah, mouth? Yeah. 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 So in the mall where the orthodontic place is... There's a real estate agent that's now a build that's a space for sale. There's a PETA place that's a place for sale. There, you know what I mean? There's like seven or eight businesses that have closed because of COVID just in this one mall. So yeah. it's a tightrope that these politicians are walking. And I understand that. I criticized Ford for not acting a few weeks ago. I guess it was two weeks ago or last week where, where they were get, but they were getting hundreds and hundreds of cases and it was going up each day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Halton has been today. Yesterday was high. If it goes up again, I'm a hundred. Yeah, you know what? Go back to two. But right now we're still at thirty-one. Let's see if the fact that it's at thirty-one can maybe scare people into being a bit smarter mm-hmm. and not be forced back to two. And let's see if it goes down, sticks around thirty, or comes down a bit. I'm all for. It. If it goes up again, yeah, shut it down. But I just, I think, I just think there's a lot at stake. For a lot of people, like a lot of people's whole lives can be just gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And, and Um, like I said, there's no, there's no right answer. Nobody knows what the right answer is. We just know what the wrong answer is. And that's what's happening in this, most of the states right now. But anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Another point. I saw an article that said the moon may have more water than previously believed. Now, I would think that would mean any water, because I thought there was no water on the moon. (laughs) Am I just way behind the times? Like, am I still a Pluto planet guy that thinks that, that, you know, there's no water on the moon and Pluto's a planet, and I'm, like, way behind the times? Have we known that there's water on the moon? Is it just an an Evian bottle that that Neil Armstrong left up there? Like, what are we talking about? Um, Yeah, I, I have no idea, honestly. I also thought there was no water on the moon. Yeah, so any water is more than previously believed, right? Like, it's just an oddly phrased article. What's that? Clickbait. Yeah, it's just a weirdly phrased article headline. Because anything would be more than what we thought. But it's, it's apparently they saw it from a telescope that was mounted to the top of a 747 or something. The first direct evidence of water vapor near the moon was obtained by the Apollo 14 ALSEP Super Thermal Ion Detector Experiment, or SIDE. On March seventh, nineteen seventy-one, the day before the you day were born. before I was born. Yeah. So my whole so, life, there's been evidence of water on the moon. Why did I think there wasn't? <laughs> Literally, my whole life. <laughs> From the Why am I not taught this? <laughs> Who told me there was no water? Why do I think it's not? I didn't come up with it on my own. Somebody must have told me. Right? Maybe it was early grades, but clearly the evidence was out there. I feel betrayed by the Ontario public school system. Yeah, well, you know what? They're, they, they have a spotty record in general. Must have been old, have- must have been old textbooks. They couldn't afford the new ones. <laughs> that had the updated, updated information about moon water. I mean, they're like, yeah, they're slow to update information. The, uh, you know, they didn't even tell us about residential schools yeah that was probably the both that was probably the same update because i didn't know about them either yeah no you know what i need to go back for a second as we're doing parting thoughts i don't know where this would have fit otherwise but the alberta government is 
discussing taking anything to do with indigenous history out of the education system until grade five. Yeah. Why? I mean, what's the reasoning? It's not important. Not important enough until they teach till grade five. And what are they replacing it with? What's the argument? What what is I, it getting replaced with? I don't know. It was it was a recommendation from special advisors, which were all you know, conservative appointed UCP donors. I just think it's such an important part of our history. You should really flush it out for as long as you can. K to twelve, baby. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. There's, you don't learn anything in K. You play with blocks. Right. You learn to count in your alphabet. Kindergarten is is daycare for the parents. It's <laughs> it's it's two years of free daycare if there's a JK and an SK is what it is. It's two years of government funded daycare. I don't know, but I think you grade learn. one you start learning things. You sit in a classroom. You sit at a desk. I think JK SK you could start by like you know including indigenous stories, you know, books. Yeah, you get like, story time. Why not? Sure. Who cares? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You know, you start you start talking about the culture and stuff, and then you move into grade one, and that's when you shift into the genocide. It might be too young. Grade one might be too young to to talk about certain aspects, obviously, just because they can't grasp. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like you can start easing it in, teaching about indigenous culture. I don't know if you can ease into genocide, but anyway. <laughs> and one more thing I wanted to say. We talked about shark attacks a few weeks ago. And in Australia alone this year, there has been 21 shark attacks. And that's not nothing. And in 2019, worldwide, there were 64 shark attacks, which is more than one a week. Okay. It's more than getting hit by lightning. I'm not, I never said it was a lot. I'm just saying it happens. Once a week, if you got a thousand bucks once a week, you'd be pretty happy. Let's not talk about Australia, Australia like it's a normal place in the world. It's not exactly, there's a lot of things there that can just go horribly wrong don't you know the the modern family episode where they go to australia and phil gets like yeah. punched yeah, 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 yeah like that's australia you know so we can't we can't compare that to normal places in the world it's part like, of the places. world it is part of is the it world though, it like exists almost on like a slightly separate plane like just slightly phased out they all count all those shark attacks count mm, i don't know i, think, I don't I think, think it's just listen I don't think you're likely to get killed by a poisonous snake in Canada. Probably less likely than a shark attack. Or maybe they're the same. It's zero. But I'm just <laughs> talking about worldwide, not just here. Yeah. Once a week. Once a week is frequent almost. Okay, but how much of those was from people being stupid? Yeah, actually, they, they did break it down into unprovoked and provoked. I don't know what that means. Like, if they're making faces at the shark or they called it names. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But I, like, I didn't. I didn't break it down because that didn't. That didn't prove my point as much. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> most. I feel like most, and not all. Like a grizzly bear will probably just tear you to pieces for no reason. Yep, they will. But, Absolutely. But but I feel like most animal attacks are from people being idiots. So will a polar bear. Polar bears are meaner than grizzly bears. Yeah, a polar bear will tear a grizzly bear apart. <laughs> Even though you look at it funny. Yeah, but. But by and large, by and large, most animal attacks are people being stupid. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You've got to make lots of noise and stuff when you're walking through the woods and make sure you're not between a mother and its babies and blah, 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 blah. You take precautions, but, Not you know. try to take a selfie with a bear, you know, those types of things. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think this, I don't, none of these attacks I don't think occurred in zoos. 
It's not like jumping into containers or anything like that. Yeah. Ugh. Watch your kids. <laughs> All righty. Well, that wraps up episode whatever, nine, eight. I can't remember. The early morning Monday edition. Eight. Episode eight. And hopefully I'll get it out before or at least at the same time as the ones that we do Sunday night. And then next. See, that's still trying to fake it. They wouldn't have known that they we would, did it late. So they would come out at the same time. They wouldn't have known. No. But hopefully uh, next week we'll, we'll get back on schedule next week. And thanks for listening. And we'll talk at you again next week. And in the end.